0: Amen. It's so good to see each of you. Hope you've had a great week, and uh, you've heard about our week here, uh, and we're thankful and grateful. Last Sunday, I don't know if I should do this. Um, anybody know the title of the sermon last Sunday? I know it's only Bible school happened, but, uh, but the title of the message last Sunday was, Why is it so hard to do the right things. Okay, remember that we're in Romans chapter 7. Well, this week we're in Romans chapter 8 and we'll read that in a moment in Romans chapter 8. But the title of the message is breaking the chain of sin, breaking the chains of sin. Many of you know the author the name of the man who wrote Sherlock Holmes mysteries. His name was Arthur Conan Doyle. He liked to play practical jokes on his friends, and so he decided to play a practical joke on 12 of his, you might say, his most famous friends. These were men that were, you know, they had prestige, they had you know, this, this pump and circumstance. I mean, they were important people. And so he sent a note to each of these men, and all it said was, fly at once, all is discovered. Fly at once, all is discovered. Now, you got to remember, this is You know, Arthur Conan Conan Doyle, we're thinking English, you know, that. But basically, it is saying, hey, we have found out and we know everything about you. Well, if it was false, these men would just say, eh, I don't need to worry about this. But all 12 flew out to meet at this special location because they were concerned that maybe something had been found about them. But you know, no matter what our reputation is today, we all have things, I believe, for which we are ashamed, and we also have things that maybe we hope no one discovers. But you know, the solution that I want us to look at, even if we have a guilty conscience at times, is to think about and focus upon the forgiveness of God. Breaking the chains of sin. Because you see, if we do not seek forgiveness for those things that we've done in our life probably years ago. When we were younger and these type of things. Seeking forgiveness sets us free. Seeking forgiveness breaks those chains that keeps us bound many times. So turn with me into Romans chapter 8. And I want to read the first few verses there. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law, what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering, in order that the law requirements would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on the things of the flesh, But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. But look at verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, we're going to come back to this in in a moment, but I, I want us to think this morning, I know a lot of times we don't like doing this, but what about our failures? None of us like that we have these failures, but sin is an obvious failure for us. And so what we need to think about this morning is, you know, God as we even read these verses in Romans about the life-giving spirit of God, God, even in our failures, has come to set us free. But are you free today? I don't know if I've told this story or not before, but it just tells you a little bit about Louisiana. Um, But there was a Louisiana farmer. He had his favorite mule. Well, his favorite mule fell into a well. After studying the situation, the farmer came to the conclusion that he couldn't pull the mule out, so he might as well well bury him. It would be the humane thing to do, he thought. So he got a truckload of dirt. He backed up to the well And dumped the dirt on top of the mule at the bottom of the well. But when the dirt hit the mule, it started snorting and trampling. And as it tramped, it began to work itself up on top of the dirt. And so the farmer continued to pour the dirt in the well until this mule snorted and tramped its way out to the top. And then it walked away, a little dirtier, little wiser, but what was intended to bury that mule turned out to be its salvation. Now, being stuck in a, in a deep well of sin and its consequences is a terrible experience, but look what can be done through our Lord God. The power of sin is more destructive than anything I think we can imagine. And I think that's why many times when we think of sin, a lot of people say, well, everybody sins. We try to minimize sin. But sin is more destructive than we can ever imagine. You see, our world today is trying to buy into a lie that sin is not that bad. That sin is just a part of life. But we also need to see and read in the Bible how did God look at sin? He took it seriously. He took it seriously and we need to see the destructive power of what sin does. Now, the beauty of Romans 8 comes from the position it is in the letter of Romans. In the Chapter before, chapter 7, that we talked about last week, Paul looked at his own life and his own shortcomings, and he wrote words like this. Go over to chapter 7 and go down to verse 15. It says, For I do not understand what I'm doing. Remember that from last week? I do not understand what I'm doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. And then go down to verse 18 and 19. It says, "For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh, for the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do, for I do not do the good that I want to, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do." Then you go down to verse 24. It's, Paul said, "What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this?" body of death. You see, in chapter 7, Paul was looking at his life and looking and and feeling very poor, feeling like his life was a waste. But now we come to chapter 8, and in this moment, we have one of the most descriptive things being read to us, and then we realize that in chapter 7 that I just read, this was a very depressing time. But now, he is seeing what God can do. Sin, like I said, we minimalize it. We try to say, "Well, it, it's it's just what everybody does." Many years ago, there was a major company. It was like a was it fortune or Fortune 500 company. Okay, one of these big companies, and they were in the process of electing a new president of their corporation. Now, as you, as you know, most men who are leaders in the corporation or the head of a corporation usually is elderly, men that are older. But they had been looking at a man who was a vice president in their company. He was 38 years old, and they were just spellbound by him. They, they looked at him. They interviewed him. They checked his references, all these things. They talked to him that morning, and they said, let's go to lunch. And really, everybody was expecting that when they got back from lunch, he would be named the next CEO of that company. Well, different board members went different places to eat, and this man went off by himself to eat. Well, what he didn't know is that some of the board members were following him, just watching him. And so he went to this restaurant, and he got his food, and he was picking his food. And you know how sometimes, you know, they've got, you know, the, the main course and they've got the bread and then they have these little butter patties, you know, the little butter things that you, and you put them on your tray and they charge you three cents, five cents, whatever it is, a, a very small amount. Well, when he got three of his, he put them under his napkin so that they couldn't see it when they checked him out. Three little butter patties. Guess who saw that? those trustees, those board members. When they got back to the meeting, everybody thought they were getting ready to nominate him as CEO, but instead, they fired him because he was dishonest, because he lied. Now, you'd say, over three patties of butter? But, you know, that's why we need to realize what sin can do. It seems sometimes, well... That's ridiculous. But what about integrity? What about the, 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 the message it shows, if, if we're willing to cheat on that, what else are we willing to cheat on? You see, the smallest sin can be the most costly, and many times we forget that. The consequences of our choice have, have long reminded us of the destructive nature And here we find that Paul is showing us and giving us the instruction we need. We also find that God has already broken the power of sin, and we need to be reminded of that here in Romans chapter 8. As we look at Romans chapter 8, it says he couldn't beat the sin that had hounded him, but basically Paul was saying God did it by sending his own son. You see, we can't beat the sin that is hounding us, but God sent his son to take care of that. We also need to be reminded that, you know, because of the cross, let's not forget, sin is defeated. Satan's greatest threat to any of us is a permanent separation from God because of our own sin. But Jesus gave us his life for the sake of sinners. The ultimate power of sin was defeated once and for all. (laughs) Have any of you ever had a pet hamster? Nobody? Oh, got one. Okay. I know years ago, oh, two. Years ago, people would have these pet hamsters. And you would, you, know, you would have these cedar shavings you know, in there so they could curdle up and make their little nest. And you have this little water bottle hanging so they can get their, their water. And then what else? They, usually there's a wheel, right? And in this wheel, usually the hamster gets inside of the wheel and just goes to town. Well, there was this hamster named Hammy. He decided not to go inside that little wheel, he would go on top of the wheel, lay on his back, stretch until that wheel started moving, and it just threw him off every time. Well, one time it threw him off, and he kind of, you know, shook his head, and well, guess what Hammy did? Instead of going back inside the wheel, he went back on top again, and as he stretched, boom, it threw him off again. You know, sometimes, now I know that's a hamster. And the hamster didn't understand the proper use of that wheel. But you know, sometimes as humans, we're as dumb as the hamsters. There are certain things that just don't work that way, but we do them anyhow. We are supposed to be smarter than hamsters, but sometimes we do the same thing. And you would think if we did it once and we knocked our head, that we'd go, like, well, you know, let's not do that. But sin makes us do that. That's how we, you know, we get caught in that, and, and we're like the hamster. Remember that. Years ago, when IBM was in its heyday, the man who founded the IBM, his name was Tom Watson, and his company was, you know, worth millions. Even in that day, and one of his junior vice presidents had had spent twelve million dollars of the company's money on a venture that failed. Twelve million. So this junior executive wrote out his resignation and gave it to Watson, the the, the head of the company, and said, "Here's my resignation. I." Uh, you know, I spent $12 million and it failed. And Watson, the head of the company, roared back and he said, No, I don't want your resignation. I just spent $12 million educating you and it's about time you get to work. In other words, what did he want him to do? Learn from his mistake. He said, I've educated you. Yes, it's cost us $12 million, but I expect you to learn. From that. Now, you know, I was thinking about that. Sometimes in our lives, because of our sins, because of things that have happened in our life, I think sometimes we go to God and we want God to accept our resignation. And God says, No, I'm not accepting your resignation. He is saying, Hey, I need you to learn, I need you to see. Because I believe God has invested us in us through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's invested in us, and no, know, he knows we're going to make mistakes, but he wants us to learn from those mistakes and stop getting on top of the wheel and, and crashing our head, but learn from that. You know, when God sent his son to die on that cross, he broke the chains of sin. He broke the chains of sin. So we need to be reminded of that. We also need to see that controlling our minds is the key to changing sinful practices and stopping the destructive consequences. Controlling our minds. I want you to go back to Romans 8 and go down to verse 5. And it says, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on things of the flesh, But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit's life and peace, the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit God's law. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, if we are setting our minds on our sinful nature or our sinful desires, then we will live a life that is sinful. But on the other hand, we need to see that our mind should be set on the things that God has put before us and what He wants us to do. In the very first psalm that's in your Bible. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners. Or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. You see, we need to realize what we need to be doing. If we're focusing on our sinful nature, that's where we're going to go. James writes, when, one, when tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. This morning we need to see what are we focusing on and how are we living our lives. But, you know, in Romans 8, we also see that we need to set our minds on what the Spirit desires, on what the Spirit desires. Now, when a man and a woman fall in love and they get married, they automatically stop some practices and they start others. For instance, both the husband and wife stop dating other people, hopefully, and start enjoying the companionship for which they have so long searched. It's a bad thing to not date all those who finished the race in some place other than first. In other words, now they are married. But on the same line, if a married man and a woman concentrate totally on their dating life he or she used to have, He or she will soon be miserable inside their marriage because marriage is different. We need to see this morning that through the power of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the power to break free from the chains of sin is there. The power that God has already provided is available to us right now. Are you ready to break the chain? of some of these sins that have been filling you with guilt and fear and where you want to isolate yourself, are are, are we at that point, are we willing to break those chains? This morning, God is saying, I can break those chains because I've already done it through my son, Jesus Christ. The need to break those chains by renewing our mind on the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever heard of Max Locato? Okay. What do you th- When you think of him, what do you think of? Anybody? Okay. Great books. Okay, thank you. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but Max Locato has shared this, but it's not a surprise, but Maxwell Cato came from a family of alcoholism, and um, for more than 20 years, uh, drinking uh, wasn't a major issue, but in 2001, he let his guard down, and drinking alcohol became an issue for him. And one afternoon on his way to speak at a men's retreat, he began to, to plot, you know, he began to think, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a city where people don't know me, and I can go buy a beer, and I can go have some alcohol, and he could do it at a convenience store, and nobody would know him. Uh, but then he began to remember the night before, he was talking with his oldest daughter about not covering up. And then Lakato got to that point. He didn't want to drink that beer. Instead, he rolled down the window and threw it out. He went to his church elders and confessed what he was doing. And one of his elders said, Satan is determined to get you for this right now. But what we're going to do is cover you with prayer. You see, he had a sin that was growing. But then as he realize what he was saying to his daughter and he realized the position he was in, he knew he had to do something or it was going to eat him alive. And sometimes we find ourselves in the same thing. We have these secret sins and they are getting stronger on us and stronger. But what are we going to do? We're afraid today to confess because well, what are people going to think? Guys, if someone is confessing to the Lord, It doesn't matter what I think. They're confessing to the right one. They're confessing to our Heavenly Father. That is what we need to do. To break the chains of sin will lead to a powerful way of living. And this morning, we need to see that as well. The need to build and allow God to work. There was a pastor. He had a brother just a few years younger than him. He remembered that when they were like nine or ten, this pastor remembered he wanted to build his brother a wheelbarrow, barrow, 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 something like that, for Christmas. So this young man got out in the shed and he found some poles and, you know, he found some wood and he built this wheelbarrow. Well, let's just say it didn't look very good. It was a monstrosity is a word we would use. Well, before Christmas, his grandpa came and said, hey, I hear you're building a surprise for your brother for Christmas. And he said, yeah. He said, do you want to see it? And the grandpa said, sure, I want to see it. So they went out into the shed. Now, the grandpa, being grandpa, didn't say, well, that's a piece of junk. He said, let's see what we can do. To, to, to improve it a little. And so, you know, he, he got a saw and he started getting the, the poles measured, you know, where both of them were the same size instead of one longer and one shorter. And, you know, and, and, and they took apart some things and they put back some things. And the young man was fine with that because Grandpa was showing him. And later Grandpa said, well, let's paint it. And he showed him how to paint it. Well, Christmas came and he gave it To his brother. And the first thing that the brother said. That when he saw it. He told his older brother. He said there's no way you made this. But you know. You think about that. We all have messes in our lives. None of us are exempt from that. We all have messes. But let me tell you something. Straight from the word of God. Let God begin a work in you, and He can do amazing things. Amen? Do you believe that? Let God work in you. And it is amazing what God can do. Are we willing to reach out? One more story. Sin has a way of distracting us. Or sin has a way of basically scarring us. Sin has a way, if we're not careful, that can totally make us to the point that we're not attractive. We're not, you know, I mean, you know, it it just, we, we feel wasted. There was a young man who fought in the Korean War When he got back home after the war, he was touched by the war, and he was touched by the children that were left behind, that were orphans. He went home, he married, and his wife, him and his wife could not have children themselves. First thing he felt led to do was go to a Korean orphanage to see about adopting a Korean child. Well, there were several kids there, boys, girls, they were there, and 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 the word came that they were looking for a young boy. Well, there was a girl who had been at the orphanage for a short period of time, and her story was 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 horrible because her mother got pregnant by a US soldier, and the soldier went back. And the mother was left with the child. And in Korea, many of the children were ostracized and put down on because they were of mixed race. Finally, the mother tried to raise this child, but it became so hard that the mother let this child live on the streets. Finally, this child entered this orphanage. This child had been kicked. This child had been, you know, just, just horrible shape. But when she heard that there was a man and a wife coming from America looking for a boy, you know what she did? She started helping all the little boys they had get ready for this couple that was coming. Help them with their hair. Help them with their shirts. Clean them up so they would look their best so that at least one of them would get a good home. And so that day when the couple came, the man came through the door, and many of the kids thought a giant had come in the room because he was a big man and he had big hands and and he was looking at all the boys and he picked them up and he was looking at them and all of a sudden he saw this little girl in the corner of the room. And he walked over there, picked this little girl who was only about 30 pounds, nine years of age, who was skinny, her hair had lice, she her skin was, was messed up because of the abuse and everything and he picked her up and began to cry and said, this is the one. Even though she had the scars, even though she had lice and all those things that just make you, what? Where you're not attractive. In tears, he said, this is the one. Guys, sometimes we feel like that because that's what sin does. It knocks us up, it, it, it makes us look horrible. But we have a loving Savior. And if we're willing, He wants to pick us up and make us whole. You see, sin is an ugly business. But our God is an awesome God. Let's pray. It's Christians Father, Lord, we thank You for Your Word. And Lord, we just ask that You would guide us today. Lord, you have shown us the life-giving spirit that is freely given. And I pray, Lord, that today we are willing to accept that. We thank you, Lord, for your love. In your son's name, amen.